Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 1st of September, 2021. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. Also on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. Well, I guess um, the California fires are pretty intense. The uh, Caldor fire and the Dixie fire and a number of others are putting the smoke in the atmosphere, burning a lot of uh, property. I guess they had quite a bit of uh, evacuations uh, in the, now the South Lake Tahoe area. And this morning I was just looking at uh, NASA Earthshot satellite shots from the fire above from outer space. And uh, it's pretty evident that it's traveling uh, everywhere pretty much. Um, just going uh, tw- toward the Bay Area, going out. Most of it's actually going kind of northeasterly direction. And then also easterly, covering a number of other states also. So quite a few states are uh, suffering uh, from the smoke from these California fires. But more important and and, and worst case is the people being evacuated. Uh, right now I'm temporarily here in California. Uh, this will be my final month here. Um, we're either going to be leaving uh, sometime this month or the very early beginning of next month going back to Colorado, going back to Colorado where we live. We were out here, um, as I talked to you in the past, for uh, caretaking. Uh, We were just temporarily here visiting. Visitor status, and we're going to go back to Colorado, the Pueblo area, as I mentioned last podcast. But these fires are um, pushing people out of their homes. Many people have lost their property. More are even threatened now. And uh, the news is just full of uh, sad stories and, and showing people as they're evacuating the, the highways up up in uh, the 50 area and and up that area there. Uh, people are just you know running and driving and and doing anything they can to get away from all of this uh, smoke and the flames. Mostly the flames and the, the flames are monstrous. Some of those trees are really big and there's a lot of you know when you build in that area, sometime you know fire happens and. It's it's pretty bad this time, and uh, I guess every year they have fire here. But um, if you want to go to the Twitter site, um, twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta, you can see most of these stories I'll be talking about on uh, the Space Gab podcast. And right on top right now is the a link to the uh, aerial shots, the satellite shots of the uh, California fires, and you can see uh, what it looks like from space. Sad news indeed. International Space Station leaks. There's leaks still going on up there, the ISS. And uh, they did find some more cracks in one of the Russian modules. And I have that on the Twitter feed uh, from earlier this week. And now they're saying NASA sources, U.S. specialists, are helping Roscosmos to find leaks on the ISS Russian segment. Development repairs, methods, and have a strategy for leak mitigation if it's a problem that cannot be fixed. So they're talking about a possibility of more leaks. They want to get in there and and, uh, see what's going on. And now the U.S. is uh, having specialists look into this also. So, you know, that's a bad thing. It's just, I mean, it's been in the news for a while. And I know we do hear some things that are going on on the ISS uh, when it's 
bad news. But I'm sure that we don't hear all the bad news. They'll try to mitigate the news to make it sound not so bad and fixable. But in this case, uh, leaks are a big problem. You, you've only got a, a, a certain amount of oxygen up there, and if it's leaking out, that's not a good thing. So the U.S. is uh, helping out with Roscosmos and to find those leaks, develop repair methods, and then uh, a strategy for mitig- mitigation uh, if it can't be fixed. So we'll just have to wait and see. I know there's a number of things they could probably probably do, but uh, you know it's going to be up to them to... Um, do what they need to do, and there's a link uh, on the Twitter feed, uh, twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. You can see more of that story. I read it in detail. And speaking of the ISS, the first all-Russian crew of three professional cosmonauts since 2000 are going to be flying to the ISS uh, in March of 2022 says a certain Russian magazine. I guess the thing is, is uh, the U.S. kind of is kind of pulling out a little bit with the uh, Dragon, Crew Dragon, able to take Americans back up to the space station now and also uh, with with the Boeing uh, spacecraft going to be doing its uh, next test flight if all goes well, whenever that's going to happen. They'll have more uh, astronauts can ride aboard that. But they're also saying possibly they will be needing uh, one additional seat, maybe more, uh, to fly up on the Soyuz uh, spacecraft. But it's scheduled for the first all-Russian crew uh, in March of 2022. And that will be, it says, on Soyuz MS-21. Normally it's like uh, Russians, maybe two Russians and an American or two Russians and an, another uh, astronaut from another country, things like this. But this is scheduled to be all three Russian cosmonauts going up March of 2022. NASA has no plans to exchange lunar samples with China from Space News. NASA has no plans for the time being to trade any of its Apollo era lunar samples those returned by China's Chang'e 5 mission. So, uh, you know, there's this, as was said earlier this week by the uh, head of NASA, hey, we're, we're in a space race with China. And they're finally beginning to realize that. And so now they're saying, right now, they're not planning on uh, trading any samples with China uh, of the Apollo Air lunar samples. And with those re- returned from the moon by China. You know, this is a, eventually I think they're going to have to come to some agreement uh, with the China Space Agency to cooperate more. You know, China's got uh, a space station up there. This is their third. And they're planning on building an even larger one if possible. And that was one of the stories. Uh, you know, a monstrous type space station that was supposedly going to be ten times the size of the current International Space Station. They're on Mars, they're on the Moon, they're in, in, in orbit. Um, so China is a, uh, there's something to be reckoned with, I'll tell you, and they're finally seeing it. I think, I think the higher-ups probably saw it uh, in the past, but never really said anything. But now it's so evident to everyone. And the thing is, 
China is, they're very willing to share what they're doing in space with the public. They're, they're producing, um, their spacewalk videos, they're showing live videos. They, they, then they did with their previous, uh, space exploration when they put a space station up there. They showed, uh, teachers teaching from space, giving lessons from space. They share their spacewalks now. So they're, they're showing the world basically and their own country people. Hey, look what we're doing up here. And now it's pretty evident and it's kind of hard to hide from the American public. Um, China's kicking butt in space right now. And we're starting to admit that we've got a space race going with China. And like I said, the military leaders, NASA leaders, all mentioning that now in talks they're giving, presentations. And slowly but surely, the media is uh, putting that information out there to the public. So China in a space race with the U.S., it's official. Here's a super interesting article that just came out today. Launching into space, question mark. Not so fast. Insurers balk at new coverage. You know, there's so many new small space companies coming on board trying to get in the space launch business with uh, smaller, cheaper uh, rockets so they can provide cheaper, um, you know, payloads. You can, a company can get a payload up there a lot cheaper than they could in the past. And more and more of these rocket companies are coming on board all the time. And I'll be talking about one one of those here in the, in the near future here on, the, on today's podcast. But it says an ever-swelling amount of space debris is threatening satellites that hover around Earth making insurers leery of offering coverage to the devices that transmit texts, maps, videos, and scientific data, industry sources say. Thousands of new satellites are being launched into areas where orbital rubbish has been accumulating since early space missions nearly 65 years ago. These surging collision risks have left the handful of insurers that offer satellite coverage pulling back or exiting the market, executives and analysts said. So, no insurance. Now, do you want to attempt to put a satellite in orbit with no insurance and then have to cover the expense of your customer's payload and your rocket and any damage it does? Just recently we saw uh, one of those rockets that was going to be going into space. They thought, uh, kind of hover and and kind of fly low in a leftward uh, direction away from the pad and before it started climbing, and that that ended up not going into orbit. But I'll talk about that also here real quick. But, uh, hey, insurers are kind of saying, hey, whoa, it's dangerous up there. Look at all this stuff. There's There's such a possibility, not only getting that spacecraft off the ground, but once it makes it into orbit, if it does, there's a lot of stuff up there, a lot of space junk up there. And insurers are seeing that, and that's impacting and will impact the future of this space launch industry. And that writer's article can be found on the Twitter feed. Also, NASA prompts companies for Artemis Lunar Terrain Vehicle Solutions. NASA is asking American companies for additional input on approaches and solutions for a vehicle to transport Artemis astronauts around the lunar south Poll later 
this decade, the Lunar Terrain Vehicle, LTV, an unenclosed rover that astronauts can drive on the moon while wearing their spacesuits, will need to last at least 10 years, spanning multiple Artemis missions. And uh, you can push put a request for they put a request for information on this uh, website, and it's at NASA. Just go to my Twitter feed, and uh, there's a link there to this article. And on in the article itself, there's a link to their actual request for information form that you can fill out and see more of what they're asking for. If you're one of those American companies that can provide information to make this Artemis mission. Rover. And a number of of recent articles, speaking of Artemis, they're talking about a possible delay in the launch of the SLS on the uh, Artemis mission. Let's see here. It says, the soonest NASA's space launch system, Moon Rocket, could reach the launch pad is late November, leaving little time for a fueling test a return to vehicle assembly building for closeouts and moving back to pad 39B for launch by the end of 2021. And then there's other articles that I've seen uh, this week talking about the actual items that might be delaying uh, that launch, that test launch. And now a lot of uh, people are saying that launch probably is not going to occur based on all their analysis until 2022 for sure. But that, that one's gonna to have to be announced by NASA, you know, with an official announcement. Um, but a lot of the people in the industry are saying, no way, Jose, no way, they're not gonna be able to do this. <laughs> so, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But these articles are coming out, uh, fast and furious now. And, um, you might wanna check some of that out because if you've been following the SLS, the stacking they've been doing, the testing of the rockets and, and this and that and the capsule, um, you know, they're all excited about doing this, but they don't, they do not want to hurry this along and have a failure right out the gate. Um, take, take your time, you know, don't, don't look at the milestones. I mean, you know, a lot of times they're going to try to do this, you know, because of funding, uh, regulations. But you've got to have say it should be safety, safety, safety first, and uh, I think people would not mind a little bit of a right move, a little bit move to the right, you know, if it's going to mean safety first. I sure would like to see safety first, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens with this space launch system first launch. Just a couple days ago, I started seeing some tweets from Sierra Nevada Corporation. And then, following that, from Axiom Space. And they're both talking about their space stations. And basically, who's going to be doing the space station after the ISS is uh, no longer in service? So I said, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who will do the next space station when the ISS begins to fall? I was tweeting to both of those companies, kind of asking them, hey, I thought Axiom Space had said they're going to do the next space station, and they were calling it early on, they were calling it the Ax Station. But now they're just calling it the Axiom Station. 
And now Sierra Nevada is talking about their space station. And it looks like the Sierra Nevada space station is more of a, um, a soft-sided, I think, it looks like it's, it's, I don't know if it's an inflatable type design or what, but it, it looks completely different than the Axiom space station does. But anyway, Axiom space came out and they shared a, a big poster. And part of that poster was um, some dates for their Axiom station to be up there. And then the different projects, the different spacecraft that were going to be docking with their Axiom Station. And I found that interesting. So I shared that with the, on the Sierra Nevada tweet. I said, hey, Axiom Space is already saying these spacecraft are going to be docking with their Axiom Station. And you're saying you're going to be having a, your space station up there. And you're going to be docking your spacecraft up to it. Are you going to be docking any other spacecraft besides yours? Like Axiom Space is, is talking about here? So they're going back and forth now. Now, I don't know for sure, because the way Axiom Space actually came out in the, you know, in early press releases was they're already approved by NASA to attach to their International Space Station as it is. They're going to be bringing modules up there. Now, I know they're going to be bringing, and they're going to be working with SpaceX, they're going to be bringing astronauts up, um, Axiom Space will be, to the space station. But now this um, module that they're going to be putting on the space, the ISS first, possibly will be one module, then another one will be built and attached to it, then another module, and then eventually it could be a complete space station, smaller than the ISS, of course. But then if the space station is going to be decommissioned, the Axiom station, is the way they presented it, could be detached from the ISS and flown separately, and just on its own. And that's the case. Now, I'm not even sure now, because now Sierra Nevada Corporation is saying, you know, our space station is the way to go. Now, is it the, are they bidding on the same type of space station? Because then NASA, I think, just recently put out a proposal for a space station. So I'm confused. <laughs> so I guess we'll hear more. But it was funny just to see those two companies one tweeting and then the other one tweeting and then the other one tweeting back and the other one tweeting back to them. And and so, you know, they never, never did answer my questions on my reply, on my uh, tweet that I, I attached to their tweet. But um, I guess we'll see. You know, it's, they're probably thinking, well, you know, this is an internal thing right now. We're going out and this is public relations stuff right now. We're proposing this stuff and we'll wait and see. But it ought to be interesting to see who is going to actually have the next space station, the commercial space station, after the ISS is decommissioned. Uh, because, you know, now, as I talked about, China has a, a space station, and they're going to be building on onto that space station, and then eventually, hopefully, they hope, hopefully for them, they want another bigger uh, station orbiting the Earth, and I think then they want to have one orbiting the moon. And as I said, they're in a space race. And the U.S. is saying, wait, hey, we're in a space race with China. And uh, so we'll find out about this Axiom Space Station and the Sierra Nevada Corporation Space Station. I'll keep you updated on this one because it's kind of interesting. I've been following these space station things uh, for a while now, so stay tuned. Well, it looks like the Mars Perseverance rover is ready to attempt another core sample. And uh, I know they shared some 
photos of some possible target areas, and one of them was this rock, and I wrote back to them and said, hey, is this what you're telling us, that this is possibly going to be the area for the, the next core sample attempt? And they wrote back to me, and they said, yep. <laughs> so um, they said their next step is drilling. I've, they said they checked out the new target rock from all different angles, and they're ready to try again for their first core sample. It, as you remember, they... They first attempt at a core sample, all that their core sample kind of like crumbled, and they weren't able to bring any of it back up uh, for storage. So now they picked a rock as their next attempt. So we'll see what um, how this one works. So I'll probably have an update uh, on the next Space Gap podcast for that one. But as I said, all of these I'm talking about, they're on the uh, Twitter feed, twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta, a link to all those articles. Some information was shared about the 13th China Air Show and where it's going to be and when it's going to be in September 28th through October 3rd. Uh, they're saying that this one could be uh, including some of the space uh, tasks they're going to be doing, potential moon landing uh, information at this uh, air show. So uh, including one that says related to the CZ-5DY, Long March Heavy, for human spaceflight potential moon landing in 2030. So uh, that's I'm guessing that that's going to be one air show that's going to be viewed by quite a few people, either there or virtually or somehow in looking at articles and all that. So it's kind of like where a lot of people will gather information on what's happening next. And, uh, and you know some people are really interested in, in looking at that. Looks like a couple of representatives from the state of Colorado, they've announced that they're introducing legislation to establish a Space National Guard, Space Force National Guard. Uh, so that'd be kind of interesting to see um, if that branch of the service is created. The SpaceX Crew Dragon arrived earlier this week to the International Space Station, and the Expedition 65 crew unpacked their new science experiments and other things from the uh, Crew Dragon. Also some treats, and they were seen uh, sharing some birthday treats when the astronauts had a birthday they celebrated, and they were eating the, the sweet treats there on the International Space Station that they had just taken out of the uh, SpaceX Crew Dragon. So some some good experiments and some goodies coming out of that dragon. And as the Inspiration4 crew gets closer to launch, and they're getting pretty close, they've been sharing a lot more photos on their Twitter feeds, uh, different things that they're doing and uh, looking at their spacecraft. They were introduced to their spacecraft the other day, and they're all suited up and, and standing and posing for a picture in front of their their uh, Crew Dragon spacecraft that they're going to be going into orbit for a number of days uh, after launch. And so there, it's an, a nice PR thing seeing this, uh, that they're sharing so much. Pretty exciting times. A lot of people are doing podcasts, interviewing these, uh, these, uh, you know, future astronauts. And, uh, it's good to see. So I, I, I'm looking forward to the launch and, uh, successful orbit of the Inspiration4, uh, mission. Well, NASA TV will be sharing two Upcoming Russian spacewalks, uh, there'll be one on September 3rd, 
and the next one will be on September 9th. They'll be configuring the station's new NACA multipurpose laboratory for science operations. You can check those out. Well, just recently, Astra attempted to launch a uh, rocket with some payloads. And unfortunately, as people were watching this uh, launch on a live stream, the engines ignited, the rockets attempted to climb, but kind of hovered for a while and then kind of shifted off sideways a few feet, or actually more than a few feet, probably, I would imagine maybe 20, 25 feet, and then slowly, slowly uh, started gaining altitude. And uh, it, it, then the camera was fixed on that, and they zoomed in, and they were watching, and, and then every, everything looked okay after that. But when I saw that thing slowly uh, trying to lift off and then kind of skid sideways, hovering almost, I said, oh, that's not good. <laughs> and it turned out not to be good. But the, the rocket did climb. It climbed, 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 went up. It actually went all the way to main engine cutoff. And then that Miko, they call that Miko. And the main engine cutoff occurred. And as soon as Miko occurred, the onboard camera showed with the viewing public that rocket started tumbling like crazy, just tumbling. And then you hear the command give it, given to uh, self-destruct the rocket, which they did. So no orbit was reached. And it appears that uh, they looked into why this happened. And people were basically amazed. They just couldn't believe what they were watching, how this rocket kind of just hovered for a while. And it's kind of like, uh, skewed to, you know, away from the pad, but then still started making orbit. And, um, you know, a lot of people were thinking, wow, it's going to make it until that tumbling was seen uh, during Miko, right after Miko. But I figured I go, here's, I, I'm going, wow, you know, that thing, when, when you're launching a rocket, um, and what it, they did say happened was one of, you know, they had an engine failure. Not all the engines, uh, were being, uh, were, were activated upon liftoff and they needed all those engines going to lift that thing properly. And so what happened was that I figured it out, you know, I'm no expert, but I figured because of the weight of the rocket, whatever engines were still ignited trying to lift that rocket, it was enough just to kind of like almost do a hover until some of the fuel was burned. And as the rocket got lighter in weight, then the the engines that were firing, they it, the, the rocket was now at a weight that it could actually lift the rocket, and that's what happened. And I guess the the CEO for the company had tweeted something later on saying how much lift was was um, produced because of the uh, lack of all the engines going and and why it hovered, and, and then and then he confirmed that after the some of the fuel was burned off, then the rocket was able to lift. And that's what happened. So, um, there, unfortunately, along with the tumbling of the rocket after Miko, Astra stock also tumbled after that. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see how the company uh, fares after this uh, failure. And uh, have to see what happens with the next Astra rocket attempt. Hey, Space News has put out a cool digital 
free digital download. It's, it's about 60-something pages, I think, of news from the, uh, the, the space symposium that just uh, finished up at Colorado Springs. So, you know, I downloaded it. And uh, if you'd like to download and see some of the stuff that they covered, and it's free during the space symposium, I've got a link at uh, my website, www.worldspacereport.com. You'll see some space-related news links there, and uh, there's a link to the digital download of Space News's uh, free digital, it's a PDF file, of their magazine, basically, and it's sharing the space symposium news from this previous, this last space symposium that just finished up last week. And uh, that World Space Report, you can read a little bit about what that's going to be. Uh, it's going to be premiering in 2022, kind of like another type podcast I'll be doing. Uh, a little bit different flavor than the Space Gab podcast is, but I'll keep doing Space Gab podcast too. So until next time. Space Cowboys is... Space Cowboys is...